So uh, let's see. Hot Apollo, your band. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that? Um, basically since I left university. Oh, nice, nice. Do you uh? Yeah, I. I go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. I cut out a year after a year and a half too because I realized it uh like like making my own art was more important than like studying like the art of dead people. Not that there's anything wrong with that, it just wasn't for me. Was and uh, I didn't want to go into academia full time, so I just like cut my off exactly a year and a half. Was that what you went to school for, for studying the art of dead people? I just take every subject that seems interesting to me because I was told for my entire life that getting a degree of any kind would be the best way to get a day job, and I thought that I might need a soccer plan. And then I realized, oh no, wait, getting an arts degree. So I just, I just think like subjects that appeal to me like through interest. And I got your English literature, philosophy, mythology, that kind of thing. And uh, then I realized, oh no, wait, this is not going to help me at all unless I want to like live my entire life in a university campus and just like make that kind of my career. And I don't. Um, so uh, I just I just quit and. Uh, Focus full time on music. Do you do that full time, or do you have to? Do you still have uh, a day job? I do not currently have a day job. Hey, good for you. That's. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. a lot right there. A lot of people can't. Say, I can't say that. I still have to actually I work. I know. I mean, yeah, I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to do this um, and be able to focus on it because uh, a lot of people just have to make art in the corners of their lives, whereas uh, my life has no corners. It's a solid sphere of rock. <laughs> nice. I uh I mean I saw your album was out. The uh I watched the video for Baby Lord. That was your new music video? Yeah, well that's the second newest. That's the lead single. And right after the album dropped, we put out a video for the second single, which is working on love. Oh, nice, nice. So you've uh, I mean I found y'all on Spotify. Y'all put out albums for about what, like two, three years, like starting around the pandemic ish? Um, we put out one EP and a few singles before that, but, uh, we really ramped it up, um, after, like, early 2020, in 2020, because I think, I don't know, I, I really, I was like, games awards this already, but, so here's the thing, recording can be very expensive, I want, like, really good, like, audio quality on everything I, I do, so I, 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 like, for a while, I've just been, like, hoping that I get signed and to, to some label that could, like, help finance it. I was also applying for grants. Um, none of that. Uh, well, I was assigned to a couple labels, but uh, they both of them, like, folded or, or had, like, really rolled back pretty fast. They weren't very well managed, so that didn't help. Um, and, uh, and the grants didn't work. Cause I, like, I don't think a lot of the grants go to... Like rock bands, really. Um, I, but uh, so after during the pandemic, I was like, "All right, like I love performing songs. Like they're they're amazing." But a day could come when I'm not alive to perform them anymore, and I want them to outlast me. You know, I won't. I believe in immortality through art. So I, I need to get it. Like I have like dozens, hundreds potentially of, of amazing songs. And uh, I just thought, you know, I need to, like, start getting these down, like, on record. I can't, like, just, you know, 
do a single or two a year when I contribute together the money. I have to, like, put everything that happened to this. So, like, that, I, I really started, like, ramp it up. And, uh, and yeah, so this is our first, like, full-length album. Um, and, uh, yeah, we were just, like, using consistently, um, increasing the amount of, like, before that, like, we, uh, we have. Yeah, I mean, no artist really gets into this because we want to play the industry game. That's usually like counterintuitive to everything that we got into art for. Um, you, uh, where'd you get the name? Oh, um, so uh, in, in high school, I was in a few bands with people who really said they wanted to take it, like you know. To the stars, like be the biggest uh, rock band we could be, and uh, in a lot of in, in every case, everyone else in the band just like lost the motivation pretty fast. <laughs> but uh, I remember there was this one band I was in with a guy named Hard Needle, and uh, that was his birth name. And he was very proud of such a unique name, and he always said if he started a solo act, he'd be he'd called Hard Needles and a Love Dart. Um, but when we were thinking about the name for our band, he, uh, he mentioned this one, uh, poem called The Shrouded, Shrouded Stranger by, uh, Allen Ginsberg. Uh, my friend Hart was, like, a big fan of, like, the beat poet. And he, uh, there's this one line in it, uh, Hot Apollo. Um, I think it's Hot Apollo Falls My Back or something. It was about, like, the, like, gay orgy scene in the, like, 50s in San Francisco or whatever. And uh, he said, like, Hot Apollo would be an awesome name for a band. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm not, like, that familiar with, with the Beast. I, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of, like, the, uh, like, 19th century uh, romantic poets, poets. But I do really dig mythology. And something about the, like, the name Apollo always rolled off my tongue. So uh, I thought, you know, that's, that's a pretty good name. And, uh, and that's, as I said, that band dissolved pretty fast. But... Later in life, when I got back into music after a small period of disillusionment, uh, I, the band name I had uh, at the time turned out to be taken by another band in the city. So I thought, you know what, Hot Apollo is still a pretty great name. So I called him up and I said, yo, um, could, I, could I use that name? And he said, you know what, like, I think back into it, it's going to be with the Love Dark, which, you know, we're not existing. where you got it uh same guy for me so whenever anyone asks i tell that story oh that's sick and by the way my co-host jay is here hey what's good james welcome uh, jay jay hello How welcome to toronto whenever you're here yeah dude i'm gonna be there probably in let's say october at the latest yeah I'll october be all right we're good yeah 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 so actually yeah let me know when you drop in and we'll, I'll, we'll definitely have like a show around then i think we are paying Music is in like the second half of October. I think it's the seventeenth. I think it's Friday. So, so wait. I'll invite you out to that. Buy a drink, man. We'll have a time. That's awesome. And yeah, just to clarify, James, you are currently in Toronto. Is that correct? That's correct. That's awesome, dude. How do you? I think Morgan had he had asked you. You said it was awesome, but like, is that is that is that correct? <laughs> would you would you uh? Clar- oh yeah. I, I'll be honest. There's a time in my life when I thought there were, like, uh, a number of cities that I prefer to live in. And I did a lot of traveling. I thought, you know what? There are a lot of awesome places in the world. 
lot of places I'd like to, to visit more, come back to, go see for the first time. But I, I kept traveling, and I realized, you know what? Uh, Toronto is basically the perfect city for me. Uh, the, the only exception, maybe if I'd been born in Manhattan, like, it might have been slightly better. Uh, but I'm not even sure about that. I, I just know that, like, at worst, I was born in, like, the second best city for me. So uh, that's, that's a pretty good look of a draw. What do you like about Toronto as far as you said it, like, fits here really well? Like, what exactly is it that uh, gels so well? Um, basically everything to the weather, I think. Um, it's got, it's got a pretty healthy music scene. Um, I, I mean, honestly, every city, in my experience at least, has a lot of the, the same positive qualities. You know, it, it is where, uh, artists and, and eccentrics, uh, tend to flock, you know? Um, I, I know a lot of people who are just in small towns and, like, it's, uh, as though they've, they've finally found... Uh, a space where they're not really prevented from, from being themselves in uh, any, like, really, like, sort of systemic way. You know, occasionally, like, you know, people, there's someone everywhere who'll take issue with anything. But, like, generally, it's just like a space where, I, I, this is, that's what I was about to say, don't feel the noise. I really dig just the, the density and, uh, like, rocket ambience of cities. Like downtown, like that just sort of feels right to me. That that background palm of activity and life. Sick, yeah, yeah. I'm from San Francisco originally, or that's where I've previously been. So I'm hoping I really love San Francisco. I'm hoping Toronto is like similar. It looks similar in the photos. I, so I would I would definitely consider like in San Francisco is one of the places I thought I'm living. Um, and I do like the fact that it doesn't have, like, winter in the same way. Uh, like, right now, it's, it's summer and it's glorious, but, you know, winter, I don't like cold at all. So I, that's, that's the one negative for me. But San Francisco, like, I don't like the knowledge that I could just wake up and, like, half my stuff would be, like, broken because there was an earthquake. Like, I don't like the fact that there's something that unpredictable that is just liable to happen whenever. Uh, in, in my life, you know? So that's, that's one of the things that turned me off of moving to San Francisco. Yeah, that is a big scare. I've found that California, it's always the end of the, it's end of the world, like, every day. There's always something. Fires, yeah. always something. Like I just said, I, I feel like the winter, but at least I know that it's just a part of the cycle and it's not actually going to, like, affect me in any substantial way. It's just going to be very annoying and I have to wear a shirt. <laughs> like, I have to wear a jacket last night, cover my body in the winter because it's cold, and if I didn't do that, I would die. Whereas in summer, I can just, like, go out in, like, nothing, and it's off. Yeah, so that means you prefer to be exposed. You prefer not covering your body, just generally? That's that's Correct. the preferred state? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. When you go out for a weekend, it's like, all right, pair of leggings, maybe, like, uh, I, I don't know if you, like, you saw what I was wearing in the last video, but, like, it's, it's like, sort of a scale male mantle. I'm not sure what sense I get. But I can just go out like that, and uh, it's, it's pretty all right. Like, temperature, I, I can just, like, absorb all the summer heat, and, uh, yeah, I can't do that in winter. I have to, I have to wear, and I, I bought the heaviest jacket I could find. And listen, I have a weird threshold for cold. Like, I, uh, I can take any amount of heat, but, like, if it drops below, like, I, I can't do Fahrenheit, but, like, let's say, like, 16 degrees Celsius, I get chilly immediately. 
So, like, even, like, in, like, the hottest coat I have, I still don't feel comfortable in the winter at, like, night. And, but that's just me. Like, you'll, you'll probably be fine because you're ostensibly a normal person or at least closer than I am. Um, yeah. Yeah, 16 degrees Celsius is 60.8 Fahrenheit. I did Google that. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I, I also oh. was hoping you would Google that because I am... Look at this science over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Jay plays drums. He's uh, he's a wild drummer. I've uh, I've seen him break sticks, cymbals, all kinds of stuff. He's he's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, what's the what's the music scene like in Toronto, or for you at least? Like, cause you what what do you call your genre? I call it like it's kind of punk influenced with like there's like some kind of macabre theme to it. What do you what do you call it? power pop, power punk, something? Yeah, that would work. I've heard bitter songs. Um, I call it Tempest Rock because we're louder than thunder and shiny like lightning. But uh, I think like bitter punk is a decent summation of a lot of our sound. Like we're like we do have a fair amount of breadth, but I'd say the core of it is uh, sort of like classic rock and roll ethos with uh, an added tinge of like virtuosity and uh, and uh, and a, a sparkle on top. So question for you, actually. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah, I just had a question, and I guess it's a bit of a selfish question <laughs> because I'm going to be moving up there. Yeah. But I was just wondering, for you and your band, did you guys have any challenges when, like, first getting together in the Toronto scene? Even as far as, like, something little like finding good places to play, yada, yada, et cetera, and how are the venues? Or did you find that Toronto was actually, um, like, super welcoming for you guys to start? There out? are a lot of amazing venues. It's like my friend... Uh, it's funny. So we got put. I someone was organizing a show for us recently, and uh, we uh, we got like put on a bill with bands like of friends, and like like the promoter didn't know that like we knew each other, but like we just put the bill together. Like, oh, well, all of us are playing together. Cool. Um, and uh, one one of the bands only recently moved to Toronto, and it's their it's the first show here, and it's a pretty great venue. So, like, even if you're just starting out, like, you can you can get in on the places that you can go uh, without too much trouble. At least in my experience, I mean, you have to like be good, be decent, yeah. Yeah. like have yeah. people want. But sure. if you have that, which you should, then there isn't much trouble. The challenges that like I've faced, to my mind, are the challenges that anyone has in the music industry anywhere which is just, like, getting in front of the right people, getting that, like, rising above the, the signal-noise ratio, um, and, you know, getting that critical match, which is something we're still working on. But uh, in terms of just, like, getting to play shows, uh, it, it has not been that troublesome for us. There are a lot of, like, great venues around here. Uh, like, you know, Sneaky D's, Lee's Palace, Opera House. Um, those are some of my favorites. Ella Combo is back again after, like, three or four shutdowns. Um, yeah, no, there's some amazing places to play. I've found that most of the, like, challenges I've faced in the music industry is people's fucking entitlement and attitudes. Like, you just find people that, regardless of their playing ability, either, like, won't thank you for the gig or 
you know, when sometimes it's because you're first starting out. Because I remember when I first started out playing and stuff, I was really bad at going to support other musicians. I would be like, okay, everybody come to my show, but I'm never coming out to yours. And like, it's not sustainable. So I've, I've had to work on that myself. But even now I see it's still like an eminent problem in, among the musician community is there's a lot of people out for themselves. It's, it's tough. Uh, I know it's kind of a generalization. No, I think I, I know what you're saying, but like, I, as you said, like you never lived in Toronto, but you experienced that problem. I think that's just the problem with like people in general. I don't think it's endemic to any particular locale. So uh, yeah, but I think you know, uh, there, there. I mean, there are people who support local music, and there are people who don't. And there are people. Listen, I. I, I do have lovely friends like this. It's not a judgment on them. This is just how people can be sometimes. Um, people, it's, I don't know, it's like a meme at this point, but like people will pay like hundreds of dollars they don't readily have to see bands they've been obsessed with since middle school, but it's much harder to get them to pay like $10 for a local show. And that's just because, in my mind, like, those big bands have been in their blood uh, and soul for, like, years, you know? Like, like a lot of these people have, have, like, had their lives saved by, by you know, those bands. And local bands just, like, they, they didn't get in their, uh, in their psyches in, in such a formative way. And, and so that's why they're not, like, willing to, to go the distance for them. But... Uh, I just think if you keep putting yourself out there, like you'll get to people, and uh, and the, you know the right people will come, and then and then you know what Jen Kirkland, you get there, and then you'll uh, you'll be that that big like life saving, uh, soul defining band for some new people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is definitely a reaching others element to it. I mean. <sighs> Uh, would we even survive in this industry without community? Community is so important, and I mean, with all aspects of life. So yeah, I totally get that. Um, yeah. So what? There's going like a local music community here too. Um, it's just you know, I think there are, there, are types, there are people who go to like local shows, and there are people who don't. And uh, it it can be hard to get a consistent attendance from the latter category. But not impossible. <laughs> no, not impossible. Uh, honestly, one of my friends, he was in this death metal band, and uh, he gave this one person ten dollars to cover them to get into the show. It was really funny. Like he went out of his way to give him the ten bucks. He's like, "Come on!" But if you don't come, give me the ten dollars back. I'm gonna want it back. I'm like, "Huh? It's a good move." <laughs> no, I will say there's a pretty healthy metal scene here. I think that might almost be an exception. I I, I have. A- a fair amount of friends who are heavily into metal. And uh, it seems as though the the overlap between people who go to, like, local metal shows and people who go to, like, see the big metal bands is, like, almost complete circle. Like, I think there are people who just, like, want to spend every, like, free moment at metal concerts. And it, it, the, the stature of the band does not matter. They just want to be there. Yeah, and I mean... And, uh, so I, I think Malice is actually really good here. 
metal shows also have like a crazy energy to them. What's like, do you guys have that when you guys play out? Do you guys have like mosh pits? What's like some crazy stuff that happens to you guys on stage? Uh, I'm the craziest thing that happens on stage, but yes, we do tend to like get the crowd going pretty well. Um, in large part because of the crazy stuff we do. Uh, yeah, care to give any examples? I'd love to hear some crazy stuff you do on stage. Um, no pressure. I, oh, yeah, sure, okay. Like, it's, uh, I've had a last show, like, um, we, uh, we were, like, just getting off, and then, you know, uh, we, like, it was, usually these shows are run pretty tightly, and we, there, I think there's a guy who organized this one, but, like, it was, it was, one man dropped out, so it was, like, it was a lucid night anyway, uh, but there's an injury or something. So, like, we, we were given the go-ahead to do an encore when people were manning it, and, uh, um, and it's, the energy was so good, and, like, I, during, like, the guitar solo, I just, like, looked at my bassist and, like, jumped on him, and he, like, like I rode him around the stage uh, for the whole guitar solo. Um, so that was a fun time. That was, like, just, like, that was just, like last week. That's the time of mine. And I don't think we've done that before, um, but it was, uh, it was just a sort of spontaneous uh, moment, and, uh, yeah. Sick. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think when you're... Again, if you're gonna like, if you want people to come out to a show instead of just like listening to music at home, you've got to give them something above the audio experience. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta so I'm them. I'm a big supporter of, uh, I'm a big believer in like making a show a a spectacle for the ears, eyes, and like every other sense you can. Well, that's rock and roll in its essence, and we're in competition with, like, other genres where people pay way more to see somebody dance around and scream and lip-sync over a laptop. Like, I've seen rap concerts of some pretty big names where, like, they didn't even play a full hour. And, like, it was a good show. I can't talk shit, but, like, I'd rather see a band, like, I'd rather pay 30 bucks and see someone play for two hours and jump on their bass player and ride around and give me something to remember, like... There was one band Jay and I saw, and the singer put shoes on his hands and started doing, like, a weird Macarena walk thing. Like, do I remember what they sounded like? No, but I remember the shoes on the hands, and I still remembered that band. So, yeah, there's a lot of that that's getting lost these days, at least stateside. How about you? Are there any other bands around you that, are, that you're friends with? Are you seeing this, too, as far as live performances not being what they, what they used to be, as, as the boomers would say? Um, I actually, I'm, I'm lucky enough, like, I played, I guess the, the, one of the other bands that played at this show was, um, a, a group called Generation Zero, and, uh, I, like, their singer, uh, I think, uh, did a fair job of trying to match me for, like, raw presence, and, uh, he, he really got a guy going, too. So, there, there are still bands who, there are still other bands who carry that torch. Um, and then I totally respect and admire for them for it. And, uh, like, those are the bands I, I like, love playing with the TV. As I said, like, Generation Zero. That was a, at least the second or third show I played with them. And, like, they're always good to play with. There's lots of, like, serious rage against the machine vibes, too. Uh, but, yeah, no, they're, they're after you check out How to Follow and, and like, like download and, or save, like, all of our stuff, uh, definitely check out Generation Zero because uh, I want to I give a shout to other, other up-and-coming bands that we deserve it, and they, they are one. For sure. Hot Apollo, Generation Zero. Nice. So what are your influences? Just curious. 
Uh, myself, basically. Um, I just like write what's in my heart. I mean, I, I, I came into music through poetry, so that's like using my angle in it. Like, I, I start like after I started the band, I, I started to like get into more of the like risk making process too. But like the the words are still are, are usually still like the first ingredient of the song for me, and uh, I I just like write the shiny magic stuff that's in my soul and and find uh, tunes that go along with it. But there's no like, there's no role model, no main influence you like. You're not like a David Bowie guy or a Lou Reed guy or anything like that. Not creatively, but I will say this: when I was like first starting out and deciding to sing, I wasn't a very good singer. Uh, I didn't really play any instruments apart from playing drums badly, uh, and I thought like you know there. are Singers who aren't good at singing, but they play instruments, you know, like Bob Dylan is a top example um, that a lot of people point to. But like, I didn't even play guitar at that point. Uh, I actually just like going to play a bit, not to, like you know, write, but that's how we did it. I just I, I had my words and I had my uh, way of performing them. I thought, you know, any pop they can just have that too, and you make an, an awesome career just in those two skills. So if he can do it, that, there's a precedent for for this. Uh, because of that, I, I feel emboldened to either try. So I'd say Iggy Pop is probably like the most important prior person I'd point to um, for some kind of inspiration. Because he just he like made me believe that someone with no voice but like a whole lot of like energy uh, and lyricism could uh, make good of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I can, I, I can kind of see that. That may, I mean, especially if you're into like some kind of like punk influence stuff. Um, let's see. I mean, you got anything? At the moment, I mean, yeah. I found that so much in the with music now, with a lot, especially with like famous artists or anything. Like, are you? Like, to get, like, mass appeal, image has a lot more to do than content sometimes. It's about aesthetic rather than, uh, like, you know, it's like an old joke about what's the difference between a rock guitarist and a jazz guitarist. A rock guitarist plays three chords for a thousand people. A jazz guitarist plays a thousand chords for three people. So, like, nobody's graded on content. I feel like there's a lot of work that goes into image. Do you feel the same way, or do you, do you spend time working on the image of Hot Apollo, or is it just all coming naturally to you? Is this, like, as genuine as it gets for you? Uh, I mean, my image is pretty awesome, but I came by all that very honestly. Like, you say my writer's in my soul, I dress with what's in my soul, and, like, people think that. Like, I get stopped in the street by people who just, like, want to know, like, why I'm wearing what I'm wearing, and just because, like, it feels right. And uh, so that, like, I, I think I already sort of have the image naturally. So I don't really worry about that. But honestly, I think that most of, like, my favorite, like, artists do, you know? And it's not like parts of music. Like, like, look at the way, like, Jimmy Page and Mark Bowling dress. You know, it's just, like, what they wanted to wear because they were, like, like magical freaks. And, uh, and, and that, you know, helped to sell records, but it didn't mean that they were sacrificing any, like, musical argument. Yeah, 
Definitely. Definitely. I can see that for sure. Um, only other question I really had about your band was uh, your song, We Don't Need More Songs About Underage Girls. Do you still think that's a problem, like, relevantly in music? I feel like that's old school. Like, I, I know it's a problem in society overall, but is, is music still really, like, embracing that? I haven't heard too many... Like, I, I can name you at least 100 rock songs that are about that, but I don't know if that's still, like, since the PC culture and everything's kind of taking a, uh, coming to the forefront, I don't think it's as prominent, especially with cancel culture. Like, artists that do that tend to not last anymore. They're kind of getting outed. So, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, I'd say that explicit lyrical references to that kind of thing are, are dwindling. But there are still artists who say that kind of thing, who live that kind of thing, and it's still very much a problem in the entertainment industry and just the way in which society views, like, young women in general. So the song isn't just about, like, like old song lyrics. It's about, like, the ways society is, is still practicing uh, what those lyrics relayed, you know? And it's, it's, you know, it's not quite as blatant as it was, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, but I, I think the, 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 while the symptom may have lessened, the uh, disease is still uh, festering. Oh, yeah, it's a good... That's what inspired that song. Yeah, it's a good reason to stay the fuck away from Hollywood, because, I mean, that's... All entertainment industry sexualizes everything. It's it's uh, it's so hard not to find anything that's like it. So I mean, it's cool that you took like an explicit stance against that. It's just it was interesting to see something call attention to it when usually, like you said, it's kind of swept under the rug and kind of implicit. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like recently can like go on Twitter, and I'm sure you can find uh, like any, like any number of like fairly prominent entertainment figures who, like, are, who have some problematic things to say. Or at least, like, maybe not on Twitter so much, because I think people are starting to get smart about that. But, yeah, people, like, there's, there's a scandal pretty often for that kind of thing. So, yeah. For sure. So, uh, when are your next shows? Just curious. So, I'm playing the Toronto Diversity Festival at Nathan Phillips Square um, on the 27th of August. And uh, that's going to be, that's, that, that's actually a pretty early one. I think we're playing around like five or six in the evening. Um, so it's, it's a sort of like three-day, like all-day festival. And, uh, it's, and it's not just music. It's like all sorts of like, experiences, um, like dancers, I think like acrobats, uh, I've seen like martial arts demonstrations there. Um, of course, there's also like a whole bunch of like uh, food groups and stuff where you can get like, also, just like amazing uh, food from from like all kinds of cultures, uh, and then right after that, we're playing the Bovine Sex Club uh, on September second, and that's the, the show I mentioned earlier with uh, two um, two of my friends' band that just got randomly put into a bill with me. And it's funny, one of them I only met like within like the month prior to the announcement of that show. So that was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I met this guy, and I thought, yo, I, I said, like, you should say a show to go, because he's like, yeah, totally down. Um, and then, like, we didn't, like, really get to have time, like, get to planning it before we realized, oh, 
You are playing each other together. Wait. Uh, I, I'm just sorry. Bovine Sex Club. Uh, what's that yeah. like? What's that like? Uh, like, probably like, like, is it just a name? <laughs> kind of like punk metal club. Um, they have other stuff too, but like it has like, like these sort of classical. One second. So I'm telling you how much I love the noise of the city. Sometimes that's part of it. Um, I don't hear the sirens, but whatever. Uh, it, it's got like this sort of classical, like punk metal club uh, vibe to it. Uh, like during all run, but like it, it has that like, that like, like dark, like crunch to it. Um, and uh, like, I, I, like that, that is a place where shit's getting really crazy. Sorry, I love it. It's just, like one of the premier like, uh, like independent venues in the city, I'd say. That is that is sick. Yeah, I'm I'm looking this one up now. That is kind of yeah. like a CBGB's yeah. before pretty, it pretty turned legit. into. Yeah, pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a good comparison. Yeah. Before, and like the whole like and the five, yeah, it finds like you know, like barbed wire and stuff. It's great. Yeah, before it turned into the John Varvado store. God forbid. Yeah. Um, I guess. Do you guys have a when pandemic hit? You guys did a. Was there a a great out migration of venues? Were a lot of venues going out because we had to really pull together and do a lot of donating and run campaigns to save a lot of classic venues here, like even in Nashville, Tennessee. Actually, my friend is part of a, a like a, an organ, like a, a show organizing uh, group called Jake Horner New Finnish. That's saying a whole lot of But um, actually, even before that, uh, like in, in like, between like 2016 and 2019, there were like a handful of like well-established uh, like very prestigious, like independent music venues that that closed down for for one reason or another. Um, I so I think if if it did anything, the pandemic might have brought more positive attention to the music scene. And now the like now the venues aren't seeming to like shut down, and some of them are actually like forcibly being saved from shutting down. So I think like the the, the community the uh, the, the music community is on the rise here um, again. It's like, it's like, I don't think it ever did like too badly, but like there were a few little uh, flashes of, of tragedy that hit it uh, before the pandemic, and I think the pandemic and and the uh, subsequent like uh, urge to like have places to go and do things again has uh, really helped to, like, foster things. And now, like, more venues are popping up. There's, uh, there's a video I played a few shows at in the spring called The Cat on Q that, like, just popped up, like, in in April or something. And it shows pretty well. So, yeah, it's, like, new places are popping up, and, like, old ones are are being, like, reinvigorated. As I said, El Combo, which I shut down on a few occasions over the last, like, 10 years, uh, has just come back. We played there around, like, May, I think. Um, and uh, it's, it's better than it's ever been. Oh. Which, uh, like, Emma Combo is, like, one of, like, probably one of the cities that's most famous, like, uh, independent venues. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, let's see. Are you working on a tour anytime soon? Are you looking at expanding your, your performances at all? Or is that feasible for you? 
Um, we haven't really thought heavily about touring yet. Uh, right now, our focus is like building a base, like a bigger base here, and also like getting all the recording uh, we we can uh, under underway. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it, it, like it, if we see a good moment or opportunity uh, for a tour, then uh, we'd uh, we'd want to check that out. We just haven't like really put that together yet. Ah, for sure. We've played like around Ontario, like, but not really much outside of that so far. Yeah, but I mean that's still good. At least you're building a home base. Yeah, these things take a lot of time. They never tell you how much time it takes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, where can we find your stuff besides Spotify, iTunes? You have your website, hotapollo.com. What else? Where else can we find your stuff? Literally everywhere you listen to music on the internet. Like, as I said, iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, like Google Music or whatever it is. I don't know all the services, but I know we're on all of them. Uh, so, yeah, you search for Apollo anywhere, you'll find us. Like Twitter, Instagram, uh, we even have, like, TikTok. Uh, like, search for Apollo anywhere, it's almost a guarantee you'll, you'll find us. And if would I be allowed to feature one of your songs on this podcast just to for the promotion's sake? I'm gonna say this right now. In perpetuity, you are allowed to feature all of our songs at any time for any reason. We are all about being everywhere. So yeah. If you had a Definitely. if you had a preference in song, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, Baby Lord, which is uh, I think the first video you saw. Yes. One of my newest lead single on the new album, uh, and it's it's got really everything. I think it's got like some of our like musical flair. It's got like um, a really uplifting solo. It's got like you know sort of anthemic quality in the middle there. Uh, so like it, I think it's a sort of good uh, summary of of what Hot Hall is about. Awesome. And I guess my last question to you is unrelated to music or your life, but if it were your last day on Earth, what would you do? And you knew it was your last day on Earth, obviously. Uh, yeah, nobody thinks about this. This is not a common thing that people think about. I didn't expect you to have an answer ready to go. You can yeah, well, take a thing, I'm, not, I'm not quite convinced yet that I'm not immortal, so that makes it harder. Theoretically, um, I think I wanted to spend it with at least one person I care about. Um, I, 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 honestly, I, I would like to play a show, but you say don't involve music in this question. So. Oh no, no, you can involve music. It's it, it's whatever you want. It was just the oh, question yeah. isn't music related. Well, because yeah, being like the stage is my happy place, so I, I definitely want to play a show. And then I don't know, maybe after that, like, like yeah, the same thing, you know, yeah, see, see like a friend or like a loved one. Um, play an awesome rock and roll show, then like maybe uh, go out to a movie uh, afterwards, and then oh, I think I'm dead. Ah. I think like that that'd be a pretty good day. That's a pretty good day. Jay, your last day on earth. What'd you do? Uh, I would play some drums. <laughs> that, that's I would play, go play some drums. Play some drums. Play some drums. Yeah, all right. For the rest of the day, I don't know what I'd do. Uh, Drum all day. Drum for three days straight. That way it's the longest day on earth. There you go. Yo, I'm going to go out the best drummer possible. D David Blaine style, just drum and drum and drum. Drum till you come. Boom. Yeah. 
Yo, set the record for like, you know, break like John Bonham's record for like longest song solo or whatever. Yo, I'm about that. You're, you're like probably man after my own heart. Big guy. Yeah, dude, maybe I'll drum so much that they can't even, it, it won't even be the last day, you know? They'd be like, we can't stop. Two years later, he's still drumming. He hasn't the, eaten the in solo, years. <laughs> the solo is so good, we can't kill him. He actually died. His your arms heart, just didn't realize. Your heart will stop beating, but your sticks won't. Yeah. Oh, I like You'll that. You'll be one. like a drumming vampire. That's a good one. That's a, that's like a song lyric drum right pyre. there. Drumpire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thank you for your time, and I wish you all the best with Hot Apollo. Yeah, and yeah, Jay, like when you get here, like, give me a shout. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll invite your show. We'll have a time. It'll be epic. Yeah, for sure. I Looking also saw you guys were on Insta, so I'll, I'll probably just message you guys there. And uh, yeah, we're going out. Awesome. Well, again, thank you. You have a great rest of your day. Then, to you. Bye. Bye for now. Buckman gets zero stars.